As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yeah, this question's for Sean Payton during your guys' big interview day. I'm over here at Q School just trying to grind it out in life while you guys are off living the dream. It's okay. I'm under the number right now. Sean, just uh, how many Super Bowls do you think you'd have right now if you actually did trade for Tony Romo? He's going to give a non-committal, a little bit of an answer that's mostly like, oh, I've got to protect the legacy of everybody else. Deep down in his core, he probably robbed me of my own Super Bowl, so that's always cool. Good talk. Tony, hey, I appreciate the questions. Tony uh, Tony from Dallas, is that who the radio caller is? who's going to Q school, Tony from Dallas. Look, I get that question all the time. What if, what if we had made the trade for Tony Romo uh, instead of acquiring Drew Brees? And look, we never know the answer. I'm not giving you your generic answer. I do know that Drew has a Super Bowl and you don't have any. All right, that's why you're at Q school right now, working on your golf game and you're under the number. The only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys indeed? All right, it's kind of quiet in Cowboys land, but we've got some news. Sean Payton's an officially a free agent. Talk about what Jerry might think about that. Dan Quinn is staying. Talk about that. And all the other Cowboys-related news. We'll take a look around the league and uh, maybe get some free agency talk, too. So welcome in. It's the About Them Cowboys podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kent Producing and welcoming in three of the best when it comes to breaking down all things Dallas Cowboys. First, we've got Saad from The Athletic. We've got Father John Mishota, your Cowboys beat writer from The Athletic, and your host from The Eagle and sports and such. Maybe a season two coming? Huh? Maybe? It's Kevin KT Turner. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kent. I did not think that one of the first dominoes to fall in the NFL coaching carousel would be Sean Payton, quote unquote, retiring. Uh, because he's clearly probably not retiring. Um, but then you have the Nathaniel Hackett hiring in Denver, opening up the door for Dan Quinn to return to the Dallas Cowboys. So a lot of coaching stuff is what this podcast will be focused on. Um, let's start with Dan Quinn coming back. I, I thought the Giants might have been in play. Um, I thought the, obviously Matt Eberflus gets the head, head coaching job with Chicago. And then once the Broncos got Hackett, you know, it kind of opened up the the door for Dan Quinn, you start to look around and go, he might actually not get a job and come back. 
Um, so here we are. Your thoughts, John. We got Dan Quinn for another year. Yeah, that's great news for the Cowboys. I will say the way it all unfolded, it certainly appears that, you know, he was being selective with the teams he was interested in. And as you mentioned, Denver was high on that list. Uh, the Chicago Bears, these are these are teams he had multiple interviews with. Uh, and then obviously, as you mentioned, the Giants, his hometown, you know, favorite childhood team. So those all made sense. And this isn't just Dan Quinn being like, nah, I'm good. I'm out. Take me out of those running. It, it fell right in place with clearly he was told that those other jobs were being filled, even though New York, we don't know yet. But it, it appears that, uh, I don't know, it looks like it's headed towards Brian Dable. Uh, the offense coordinator from the Bills. But uh, that's the way I took it is that it was like, I'm not just taking any job. You know, I'm probably only getting one more chance at this head coaching thing. And if it doesn't work out, I might never get another chance. So I'm going to be very selective of of the place I want to go. And as you know, you find out this morning that Nathaniel Hackett is going to Denver. Then you find out that, you know, former Cowboys linebackers coach and defensive passing game coordinator, Matt Eberflus is getting the Bears job. Then all of a sudden you're just kind of like, well, then, hey, there's a lot worse things than me staying in, in Dallas one another year, potentially having the defense get even better. And if we have a better season than we just did, I'm right back in this cycle again next year. Uh, and maybe there's even a better opportunity than there is right now, because let's, let's, let's look at this. I mean, yeah, I understand what's going on with San Francisco, with Jimmy Garoppolo. I also don't think that that's your winning Super Bowl with him, but, uh, we'll see. We'll find out maybe this weekend, uh, maybe that dream comes to an end, but, uh, I think that if you're going to be picky, you want to go somewhere that's got a franchise quarterback. And Justin Fields might be that guy with the Bears. I mean, that still remains to be seen. Uh, You don't have one in Denver unless you're Nathaniel Hackett and you're bringing Aaron Rodgers there. So there's no guarantee if he would have had, he got one of those jobs or even the Giants won with Daniel Jones. There's no guarantee that that would have been a success. So this isn't the worst thing for him, especially because he knows at the very least he's going to have a defense that he helped turn around. And you add in with Micah Parsons, the players are obviously thrilled. You can see by the way they reacted on social media. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I've said on here, I've said before that, you know, I thought that they should have considered him as the cow for the Cowboys head coaching job. So, uh, it's obviously a, a great move for the Cowboys to have him coming back. Yeah. I think, I, I think with him having a defensive background, you even, it, it goes even more so that like, you have to be really selective because I think if you're an offensive guy, like you'll always get maybe a third chance. But if you're a defensive guy, like if you look at the way, like, you know, Raheem Morris, for example, was like. Raheem Morris, I, I feel like for him, like he's he's kind of going to be in the same kind of situation where he's going to be really selective after his Tampa stint of where he takes like a where where he takes an actual head coaching job. So I think Dan Quinn kind of falls in that category. Um, but you even see this with uh, with a guy like Josh McDaniels, right? Like Josh McDaniels got the Denver job, and then you know his his next job like almost went to Indianapolis, didn't go. I know now he's being considered in Vegas. So, like, I just feel like that second opportunity, you have to be really careful. And I'm with John. If you don't have a franchise quarterback, I, I was surprised about, like, you know, like, Jacksonville is just such a is just such a dumpster fire in, in, in other ways. But, like, you do have Trevor Lawrence there. I'm kind of surprised that that's a little bit more under the radar. But you do have to be really careful about how you take that second job. Yeah, let's think about those defensive names. Um, like, you know, like Vance Joseph might not even get a second job. Now, there were rumors about Vic Fangio and Jacksonville, and maybe he gets a chance uh, to coach again. It felt like once that – the Chicago job surprised me a little bit. I knew Eberflus was, like, interviewing, but I did think that that might be one that Dan Quinn would consider. As we as you talked about 
my question, I guess this none, since none of this is uh, or rarely is any of this stuff public. Do you think it's possible that Jerry did get a hold of Dan Quinn and say, "Hey, man, let's not mess around anymore with New York or whoever else"? And Jerry had to pay Dan Quinn a little bit more. I mean, I think it's possible, but I think that that was already mentioned before he even got into the interview process. It was probably yeah. like, "Hey, you know, I, I know you have some that you really like, uh, but if you don't get those, hey, we'll take care of you." I, I even a little bit more money. I don't think that's going to keep him from taking that Giants job. That's your childhood favorite team. You grew up not that far from there, going to games, uh, loving that team. Obviously, it's uh, you know a big market. Uh, you're interviewing there. I feel like if they if he felt that there was a really good chance he was about to get that job, I don't think he's coming back to be the Cowboys DC for another year. I think he takes it. So when those you know jobs started to fill in, I think that's when uh, he was kind of like, uh, you know what. Uh, let me let me go with what, what you know Jerry maybe yeah Jerry's giving a, a pay bump and the fact that hey I can stay with this defense and we're headed in the right direction we could be even better and I, my name will be right back in these things again next year uh, for that next cycle because it's not act like there aren't you know head coaching openings every single year um, but to Saad's point on the Jacksonville thing I, I think a hold up there is their GM I don't think I don't think every coach wants to work for that GM I think that's that's yeah. been a little issue there so. Um, it could be where one of those things where they end up with uh, maybe the third or fourth coach, fifth coach, sixth coach on their list because that was the first guy that, that was willing to work for this GM. Whereas, like, you might have gotten a better coach if they were like, yeah, and we'll also, we're also going to look for a new GM. But, you know, there's just a lot of moving parts with a lot, with, with a lot of these situations. All I know is that if you get a chance and an opportunity to be a head coach in the NFL, most guys don't turn it down. Yeah, you know, another thing, though – so you look at like what could happen next year. I mean, are you surprised? Because you talk about a month ago or right before the playoffs, a month ago, we all kind of assumed Dan Quinn was going to be gone, right? There's just not a lot of like names that blow you away. When I see uh, yeah. tweets about Josh McDaniels going to <laughs> potentially going to the Raiders and, and those tweets, including words like huge, mm-hmm. enormous, well, this is what? Why is that such a big move? To be honest with you, I think Jim Harbaugh to the Raiders is a bigger move than Josh Mc... Josh McDaniels has already gotten a chance to be a head coach, and it wasn't that great. Jim Harbaugh is taking a team to a Super Bowl. Like, that that impresses... Josh McDaniels? I mean, do we need to beat everybody down with... Do we need to beat everybody down with all these Patriots assistants that, like, go to their next (laughs) stop and get a head coaching job, and they don't work out? And not only do they not work out, they're, like, huge disasters? I mean... I mean, are we, are we are we just falling in this cycle again? I mean, do you guys want to save a clip? I'll start talking about Steve Belichick that we can run three years from now. Like, are we really getting that excited about this? I just, I don't know. It blows me away. There's just not a lot of coaches out there that I'm like, oh yeah, that's guy, this guy's got to get a job. This guy, this guy, and this guy all have to get jobs. And that's going to be tough for Dan Quinn. I look at all the landscape and I'm like, Dan Quinn should be right in there with everybody else. There's just not a lot of guys that are really blowing you away, especially when I know we're going to talk about it a little bit, but especially when apparently... Sean Payton's name isn't in the ring, you know. I mean, he's clearly above and beyond all all these guys. And but you look across, and you're just kind of like, yeah. I mean, like, there's not like Nathaniel Hackett. That's that's selling season tickets. Okay. Yeah, and I, I can't believe we're still at the stage of getting duped by these Belichick assistants. Like, I, like I, I think we should be past that now. Brian Flores was, I think, regardless of his status as someone who got fired, I still think he was a mild success in Miami. But other than sad, that, sad, sad, at- sad, 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 sad. What does that raise the What does that raise the batting average to? If and I and I agree with yeah. you. What, yeah, are we hitting no, 100 exactly. now? We got it up to 100. 
Cool. Barely. I mean, you look at Mangini, Eric Mangini in New York, Matt Patricia, Bill Bill O'Brien literally nuked an entire franchise and just left. And then, uh, yeah, like I, I can't believe we're still doing this with Belichick disciples. And I think, um, and I think the other thing is people always try to throw Mike Vra- Mike Vrabel is not part of that. Like Mike Vrabel, people think of him as a New England guy as a player, but he was not an assistant coach um, for for long or at, or at all under Belichick. So I can't believe we're still doing that. Um, but I think that's the thing is you have to have name power. How for how long was it? That every time for like there was a span of like six years where every t- every off season you heard about oh is Bill Cower gonna come off the TV set and start coaching again and it's like you you have to have those established names and there just aren't any out there this season this off season oh the really good the really good head coaches are very much like quarterbacks like obviously every team has a head coach every team has a quarterback that doesn't mean they're good right. I mean, there just isn't that many good ones out there. So it's it'll be the same thing going forward with Sean Payton. His name's not going anywhere. There's just so few really good head coaches that there's always going to be jobs open. And that, like you said with the Bill Cowher thing, that Tony Dungy, all that, those names are always going to be mentioned because it's like if there were if there were like 25 good head coaches in the NFL every year, you wouldn't have this issue. But I don't think there's 20. I don't, maybe there's 15. That might be being generous. Well, let's go to Sean Payton now while we're here then. So, um, Sean Payton with three years left on his contract, basically quitting, calling it a retirement, but kind of quitting. What do you think happens with him? Is it, are we talking about going to the TV booth? Is that what you think is going to happen with Sean Payton this year? Yeah, I think he goes to the TV booth, and I think ultimately uh, he gets back in the league within the next two or three years. Um, I mean, there is a chance that uh, – I mean, I didn't expect – Tony Rumble to have the success he did in the booth. So, I mean, there's a chance that, that Sean has a lot of success there. But, again, that bat, that batting average ain't very high either. I mean, it's, let's not act like this is some new thing where they're like, hey, you know what we should do is we should pair a play-by-play guy with a big-name former player or coach. Now, this has been going on for a long time. Everybody can't do it. It's not just like, John Madden's the first one they ever did this with, and look how great that was. No, John Madden was a beast. I mean, he was a genius. He was fantastic on TV. That's why he kept it going and it worked. Like there's plenty of guys that want to do this and not just in the pros, college ranks too. You see it all the time. I mean, that's one of the best ways to keep your name in the coaching conversation is to go take one of those studio jobs, you know? Um, but I think he's back in coaching, coaching the NFL within the next two years. And, 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 and you know what, maybe it's three because here's everything kind of back to what we were just saying about Dan Quinn. He, he has, he has every opportunity to be extremely picky. This isn't going to be, yeah, Sean, Sean really did good in the booth, but you know what? He's like, I seen the Panthers jobs open. I need to get that. He's not doing that. You know, <laughs> Cowboys comes back open or something like it's, it's a disaster next year. And he doesn't think it's going to be that, that difficult to flip it because he's a big fan of Dak and he likes what they got on defense. He feels like he can do a couple changes to get them right back into playoff contention you know, that'll be tough for him. That would be tough for him to turn away from, you know. Uh, let's say Mike Tomlin decides to retire or something like that. P- Pittsburgh comes open. You know, the Raiders job, maybe they hand it to somebody, and that's an epic disaster. Uh, like, I don't know. How could that possibly be? John Gruden, Urban Meyer. Um, so, like, you never know. Like, it, it stuff changes quickly in this league, but he'll have his pick on what he wants, and it's going to be one of the best jobs. And just like what you said with Bill Cowher, Bill Cowher was never coming back to coach the Lions. 
It wasn't going to be Bill Cowher pull this Lions out of this this 0-16 season. Like, that was never going to happen. He was going to pick. Like, he, he was going to go someplace that's in a good opportunity. So I think that's what happens with Sean, ultimately. And, and the Cowboys could be that. I mean, if you told me Sean Payton was the Cowboys coach a year from now, I wouldn't be shocked, you know? I mean, I feel like most of us expect him to be that Cowboys head coach at some point in the next 10, <laughs> 15 years. Yeah, I always, you know, Jerry always has said, John, you've heard it a thousand times. Every state of the team press conference, he's like, I would do anything in capable. You wouldn't believe what I would do to win another title, you know? Offer Bill Belichick $20 million a year. Real quick, seriously. Let's talk about this for a second. Offer Bill Belichick $20 million a year. Put it out there. Make him turn it down. Maybe he does. But when there's college well, coaches making ten million dollars a year, in the realm of realism, I think, and in the scope why of realism, why, he's like, why wouldn't twenty million dollars a year for your head coach be be unreal for the Dallas Cowboys franchise? Because it, it wouldn't be unreal, but it's unreal that Bill Belichick would leave New England. I'm saying, say it. I'm saying, make the offer because then it's at oh, least yeah. believe. Hey, it's out there. I'll give you twenty million dollars, Bill, to come here and coach us. Make him say no. That shows me a lot more than just you telling me, oh, I'm doing everything I can. If you're doing everything you can, you go 10 years with Jason Garrett? Yeah. That's my point. If you're doing everything you can, and the the second Sean Payton announces his retirement, you fly your ass down there and go get him. Well, that might have happened, but Sean might seriously be burned out. I mean, I had heard this going back to the beginning of last season that this was always a possibility. Maybe he is really burned out. I know people find it hard to believe because... They just have always made those connections between the Cowboys, but maybe he really is burned out. Maybe he really does want to step away from the game. So maybe Jerry has reached out to him, you know, and 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 attempted, and, and he's gauged where that's at. You know, we don't know that he hasn't, you know, but uh, I mean, you still, like I said, put that out there. Let's see. Offer well, Bill Coward $20 I, million a year. See what happens. The reason why I don't think he would ever offer Bill Belichick that kind of thing is because Bill Belichick was just named executor of the year by... Uh, you know, the writers association. Um, and, and that's not something I think Jerry would ever do is relinquish all mm-hmm. that control. E- even the end. So of the Saad, you're really not era. doing everything though. So then you're right, really not doing exactly right. okay. because even the end of the Parcells era got a little, it, it got a little tight there because like, yeah, he, Jerry had to have uh big tuna come out and like, and dig him out of that hole for like four or five years, but it got stale. But I don't think that, Jerry, it literally means that he would do anything because John's right. Like you could, you're the Dallas Cowboys with a franchise quarterback. Like you, the brand and the talent can get you anybody you want. But again, I don't think you can do with anything you want um, with the way that Jerry goes about business. And I yeah, don't think Belichick would say yes, anyways. But yeah, yeah, he wants a good. He wants a good coach that is ultimately going to still put him as as the face of it. Because you look at who the coaches have been since Bill, and it's all guys that, you know, whatever you want to say about their coaching, they're all guys that ultimately are going to be like, hey, whatever Jerry, yeah, that's Jerry says, fine, let Jerry do what he's got to do. It's not really, you know, I don't know if Sean Payton does that. Bill Belichick, I don't think, does that. Obviously, Bill Par- Parcells wasn't cool with that. So so if we're led to believe, though, and the Mike McCarthy thing has always seemed unrealistic that he would be fired, uh, very unrealistic, but bottom line, you get Jerry and Steven in a room. Let's assume Jerry and Steven are the two decision makers here. And you ask them, hey, guys, who's the better coach? Let's be honest. We're trying to right. reflect. Who's the better coach? That's what I'm saying. Jer- Jerry says Sean Payton. What does what does Steven say? It's scary Steve- if he doesn't say Sean Payton. So Steven I can't lo- believe we're sitting here on the 27th 
two days after the the press conference and he's not a coach like i uh, not the coach already like to me this is like gonna happen it's just when is it gonna happen i mean it's next honestly, year right it, it's a it's yeah, a win-win I mean, like steve steven's probably talked if jerry wanted to do it if jerry wanted to do it steven's probably talked to him like yo we were close. Let's go one more year with Mike. You know, he's got three years left on that contract. You know, And Sean doesn't want to coach right now. I mean, that's yeah, a big so Sean, factor in it. Everyone just acts like, oh, Sean just wants he, to coach. He doesn't Sean. want to coach the Saints. That's not necessarily. See, that's right. He quit because he, he didn't have a quarterback or because he's burnt out or both. I think he said he's gauging coaching again. He said, yeah, teams have reached out. I just, it's not nothing I'm really interested in right now. If the right team reaches out, I guarantee you he'll coach again. If he thinks he's going to win a championship. I really do just think that he's burnt out the way that everything went with with uh, with having to ride Drew out for, for the end. Like, like Drew Brees was not Drew Brees in that last year. And, and you know, Sean Payton having to do that. And then the, this quarterback musical chairs that he's been playing, I think that plays a role as well. Um, I do think that he's probably burnt out. But honestly, this it could be best case scenario for the Cowboys because we talk about Dan Quinn coming back. Say Dan Quinn leaves next year. I don't... Maybe Mike Zimmer takes a year off, and what if Sean Payton just gets the band back together and and like you know Mike McCarthy gets fired, you bring in Sean Payton, Dan Quinn takes a job elsewhere, you bring in Mike Zimmer to be your DC, and it's like the cards could fall for the Cowboys next year, but I just don't think this year was ever going to happen. And man, if he gets one of those primetime TV in the booth gig jobs, like if if they find like one of these networks is like, yeah, no, we think he's good to go, like Jason Witten, year one, we're going to put you in the booth. Can you just imagine, like, everything he says is going to... He's going to be a way bigger deal than if he was coaching the Saints next year. So if his plan all along was to get out of New Orleans, this isn't a bad deal. I mean, for him just to go on to Dan Patrick's show today and sit there and just kind of talk back and forth, and Dan's trying him out on just like, oh, how would you talk about why they were able to get a field goal in 13 seconds in the Kansas City game? And he comes out and just offers up, all right, all right, all right. Ask me what I thought about the way the Dallas game ended. And then he just gives his opinion, just gives his opinion about how Dak should have slid a couple yards earlier, and he definitely should have handed the ball to the referee as opposed to giving it to the center. You never give it to the center, he said. So just with stuff like that, it's every every part of that is completely contradicting, or, or sorry, not contradicting, going against what Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys did. He can do that for 17 weeks in the playoffs if he gets one of those. I mean, actually, I guess he can still do it from the studio, too. I mean, Urban Meyer wasn't in... Uh, in the booth and he was in the studio and, and clearly every time he talked that kept his name in, in circles and things like that. But I really think if he gets one of those prime time, whether it's with Amazon, you know, with all the moving pieces with Amazon, with Fox, all that stuff like that, if he gets one of those in the booth jobs, his name is going to be right back, right in there with everybody. And he's going to keep it in there because he's, he's a smart dude. He knows how to needle. He knows how to kind of, you know, keep, keep things interesting, say interesting things that are going to kind of rile stuff up. And, and, and I mean, that's just his personality. So it could be a good thing for him, you know? And, and, and if I'm him, like, I know a lot of people are like, how many chances do you get to be the Dallas Cowboys head coach? If you're Sean Payton, it'll be there. Yeah. And, but also I'll give Sean Payton credit for this one thing too. He's not really bullshitting anyone. Like he's, he's really like, he's told us, he's told everybody that he is going to get back into coaching. Like, it's not like he's, it's not like he's like, said that oh I'm done he's not being dramatic he's literally said this is just not the year right now um so you don't have to really speculate oh like the way that you did with Tony Dungy or Bill Cower Sean Payton's basically said I'm just taking a sabbatical right now I'll be back 
Um, and he hasn't really made any secrets about it. So I'll give him credit for that. And I think that's a big reason why, as you said, John, like his name is going it, to, it's not going to be, is he coming back? It's going to be, which team is he coming back to? Yeah, it's, if, if Jerry lets him go to any other team, oh, he will never hear the end of it. I mean, it's one thing if he goes to the booth and has a great career, that's great. You know, if, if two, a year from now, two years from now, he's, he's up in Minnesota coaching Kirk Cousins or something, <laughs> and they're making the playoffs and beating our ass, that's, that's ho- horrible. I mean, yeah, but you know, Kent, so we have to, Kent, what are you talking about? Jerry's down here in Dallas. Hosting Lombardi's with McCarthy. What do you ta- Why? Why would yeah. you care about Sean Payton? Maybe he haven't will you be heard? At that hey, point. haven't you guys not heard? Look at the records; Dude. they're the exact same. Yeah, you know the, they both got oh, the one Super Bowl. Their wins and losses. I have heard those conversations. And believe past me, days, believe like, me. Let's this guy right the here, McCarthy and, and Sean this, Payton. Like this guy cares? right here. This guy right here tweeted that out before McCarthy got the job when it was rumored that he was kind of in the in the talks with the Cowboys. Believe me, two years ago I was all on that. And then I've got to cover the team for the last two years. And 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 to KT's point a second ago, if Jerry and Steven are both sitting there and, and, and they're just having a conversation about who's the better coach, I, forget just them. 32 GMs, everyone is going to tell you Sean Payton's a better coach. Now, yes. is it considerable? Is it like just, oh my God, they're not in the same conversation? I'm not going to go that far. But if you're just asking that simple question, I just want your answer. Yes or no, is he better head coach? All 32 GMs or whoever's the 32 decision makers in the NFL, every single one of them, if they should have a job in the NFL, is going to tell you it's Sean Payton. Yeah, I guess what I would go back to, though, is how by how much. Because right, sure. What do we, the thing with McCarthy having three years left, it is very easy for Jerry to go, okay, well, we'll get to give him that third year, and then I don't look like a jerk here. But you're right now, it's <laughs> weird to call a, a thriving – yeah, go ahead. We were having conversations on the athletic football show earlier, like three weeks ago, like legitimate like debates about should the Jaguars trade three ones for Sean Payton to go get him to bring him to Trevor Lawrence. Like that's the yes. conversation. And, and this guy could be on his couch doing nothing. I and mean, he's, yeah. he's not being brought in here, you know? So that that's unbelievable. I mean, granted, yeah, he is. He is a... Uh, under contract technically till 2024. I think you would have to compensate the Saints something if he ends up going somewhere. I think you'd have to give picks back yeah. or something like that. Absolutely. But, um, like I we were talking about, like for him. let's let's blow up the next five years of our drafts to bring this guy in here. That's how in, impactful he could be in terms of turning things around and bringing the correct culture and and everything into the into this organization. So, um, like I said, the fact that this guy doesn't have a job right now is unbelievable. He's not a cowboy. He would have to waste his time with the Jags though. Anyway, he's he, when you're in the situation, he is, you're going to get your chance of, at a better. Yeah. You're going to get an option better than that. Now I will say this, if the Jags if all of a Jags, sudden, I would try to do that. If the Jags, let's say in hypothetical scenario over the next two years, put together something similar to what the Oklahoma city thunder have done, where it just like, Man, for like a five to even long, like eight year stretch, like the the Thunder have like, you know, 15 first round picks or something like that where they're loaded. Then I can see Sean Payton have some interest there, but he's not going to have to do that. He's going to get to go to a team that already has like ready to roll and has a franchise quarterback or he's not going to go to that team. So he's going to have his pick of wherever he wants, like whatever good job he wants. Well, I also think that to that question, how much better is Sean Payton than Mike McCarthy or how much or how good is Sean Payton? The caveat, especially as, as 
people who cover the Cowboys is how good are you allowing them to be? How good is Bill Parcells if he has to stay under Jerry versus versus Bill Parcells when he can be Bill Parcells? Like if Sean Payton is allowed to be Sean Payton, I think he's I think he's pretty much I, I think there's I don't want to say a wide wide gap, but I think there's a significant gap between him and McCarthy. But I, I think if Jerry doesn't let him be Sean Payton, then I think the gap is dwindles a little bit. Can I can I address that real quick? Because that is a very popular take in, in Dallas. Let me just say this real quick. Do I think Jerry holds them back from possibly being good year after year after year like they were in the nineties? Yeah, the way he does business, things like that. Sure. But I don't believe that Jerry Jones holds you back to where you can't win Super Bowls with this franchise. Jerry Jones didn't didn't drop that snap that Romo did in Seattle. Jerry Jones didn't have this team unprepared against San Francisco. I mean, there's years in this now. Should there be more years than there has been? Sure. Is he getting in the way? Sure. But I'm. this isn't the Lions where you're just like, good luck. You're never going to have a chance. There have been Cowboys teams that if they were better coached and had maybe a little bit better fortune— they those teams go farther, and and I just I didn't see Jerry Jones out there on the field, uh, up in Green Bay in 2014, or back at AT and T Stadium against Green Bay in 2016. Those teams are those teams were not they were better talent wise than what they reached, and I just don't think that that was Jerry Jones's fault. And really, to be honest with you, Jerry Jones is like not even close to being as as, as hands on and involved as he used to be. How, tell me all this this entire oh, this yeah. season and last season. How many times has Jerry really ruffled feathers when he said on the radio that I don't want to wait till like week week. Uh, I don't want to wait till end of the season about hearing about how we're going to make changes. I want to hear those after week one. Jerry could went on the radio after week one and said that stuff, but he held back. He wanted to make sure he said multiple times on the radio this year. I don't want to say Super Bowl. I don't want to say this stuff. I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to. There's so many years in the past where Jerry's like, no, this is the team. This is the team. This he's way more dialed back than he, than he's ever been. So I don't know that it's. Does he keep them from being back to like the way the '90s were? Sure, but to just say that you can't win a Super Bowl because Jerry Jones is the owner—that's false. Are, are yeah, pe- I don't think it's that. I think it's more you. I, I think reaching your full potential as a coach, and also which coach would you? Uh, which coach could come in here and actually be their full self? Um, I think that's kind of where, where where there could be a little bit more. And even if it's not Jerry being hands on, I think it's just the aura of Jerry just kind of the the reputation and the aura that just kind of still lingers over a little bit. Yeah, and the aura the aura also is if you if you do get this right and you do win it here, it means more, a lot more than any yeah. of the other 31. It it would mean okay. more right. in 1998, let alone today where you've had this long drought with this team. This isn't the Yankees and Lakers where they actually occasionally win with their fan base being as dominant as like if you win in the big show, as the Cowboys head coach, that trumps everything. There's coaches, I guarantee you, that would take one Super Bowl being the head Cowboys head coach than winning one anywhere else and maybe even two anywhere else. Well, are there people in-house not named uh, Jerry? Okay, let's take Jerry out. Are there people in-house who wouldn't want Sean Payton in because Sean Payton would come in and have total authority? Because he's a personnel guy, too. Like... He he helps get the groceries for New Orleans. Let's not act like he wouldn't have any say. You know, if I'm Stephen Jones, who we know is probably McCarthy's biggest fan, at least. Um, if I'm Stephen Jones, and even Will McClay even, how comfortable are you with Sean Payton coming in? Well, I would say this about Stephen. Where is he going? Oh, well, is, Sean, is, Sean, is, Sean, is, is Sean pushing it? Like, okay, so but you, still you can get like rid of him in two I mean, years Stephen, or something like that. Well, don't you think that when Steven puts his head on the pillow each night, though, don't you think he, he goes, I did a pretty good job of putting this team together? 
Uh, not not when they don't. That, not when they don't come close to a Super Bowl. No, I don't think he realistically does that. I don't. No. But they know that they've done ever since. Ever since um, the power structure has shifted a little, where it's more cohesive with Will McClay and Steven, they all know that the rosters and the teams have been better since that happened. Sure, but that's also just not. Let's not act like Will McClay is this guy that's constantly beating his chest. Like, guys, what about my credit? What about my credit? That's not really how he is. Like, one of Will's greatest strengths is bringing like everybody together, the scouts, the coaches. It's one of the, been the, the most beneficial thing that's happened since he took over the draft in 2014. And let's not act like there's like this big free agency involvement. I mean, you know, they're nickel and diamond it. They're going to the dollar yeah. store. They've been doing that for years. So. Yeah, obviously it's a big personality, but I think ultimately all these people, this isn't like Steven's in his second year doing what he's doing. Will's not in his third year or something like they all want to win a Super Bowl. That's all why they want to do it is to win a Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys and how big that is, how big of a deal that is, it, it just how much it means. So if that means that they got a deal with Sean wanting to be in on personnel meetings and have a say on certain things that other coaches don't. I think they would all be they would all. And if they're not fine with it, they'd have to be fine with it, because if Jerry's fine with it, that's all that really matters. Then why wouldn't we just go ahead and do this? If that's Probably what they because want, John then... doesn't want to coach right now. He has to want to coach. I think it's loyalty to McCarthy. You know, it's you've made your choice. You've you've made your choice, and this is this is the decision we made, and we have to stick by it until it gets to a point where we have to make a make a choice. Unless they want to be bold and just just make the make the decision, say this is inevitable. Sean's going to be here in a year anyway, probably, unless we win the Super Bowl. So do it now. Before he goes somewhere else. But what if he doesn't want to do it right now? Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. If Sean doesn't want to, then yeah. But I'm just saying if if you've gotten like if 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 the Cowboys are the one team he would he would coach right now. But for the sake of it, March first, let's say he does want to coach. Hmm. Let's say March first, he does want to coach. Well, what do whatever you, do whatever you can to go get him. Yeah. If you're really trying to do yeah. everything that if you're really doing and saying that you're doing everything you can to win. Then you go get him. Is that realistic? You do a, a Jimmy Jimmy Barry March head coaching change move. It's is that it's realistic? Not, it's not realistic. Hey, it's not realistic, but it's not impossible. Yeah, it, okay. you know what? You know it's you know it's more unrealistic than that. It's firing your head coach after he's won two Super Bowls. I think that's more unrealistic right. than trying yeah. to go fi- like find a guy that and replace a guy who has really not taken you to a next level from where you've been for the last ten years plus. Um, I, yeah, I think I think if you're talking about coaching moves, firing a guy that brought you two rings sends way more shockwaves than doing that kind of move. Um, and the one thing I will say about Sean Payton, though, yeah, let you you gotta let him like be involved in personnel decisions. Just make sure you have a capologist or someone that is doing yeah. their thing as well because you don't want to be looking at your franchise when Sean Payton's done with it if he's making all those decisions because I don't envy New Orleans right now at all. I don't envy them right now either, but I also think that they've gone for it more than the Cowboys have. So if it leads to some Minnesota miracles and some losses like that in the playoffs, but we got to a Super Bowl and win one, if I'm that guy, I live with that. Yeah, I can live with that, but I'm talking more about where they are right now from a cap standpoint. No, 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 no. And I know that, and I know, and I agree with you. But I also we'll, let's we'll take the Saints out of it, and because we'll, because their Super Bowl is in the past and far in the past. So let me use something that's more recent, and and we'll use it by just a team that's in it right now. It's the Rams approach. We all know what's about to. Well, at least we should know that when after this is done, 
it's going to be a, it's it's a steep cliff for the Rams. They're they're going to be in a hole for a while. Like you don't just keep you know giving away picks and everything and 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 spending the way that they did to put this current team together. And you're not going to pay for it later. Yeah, you are, but go for it. And they're yeah. going for it. And 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 there's something yeah. to be said for that. And you should be doing that. And and I know this is dark to bring this up, but it's a great point. Brian Broad has said this a couple of times. You can't you can't underestimate the idea of when you're Jerry Jones's age. And Brian's mentioned it because of the John Madden passing. You go to funerals and things like that, and you're around other people like that that are in the business. Like, you know that you're not going to live forever. That stuff sits with you where you're like, if what am I waiting for? What am I saving this for? Like, I, I don't have time, have time to, have, to, a have, a to have a bad time. time. Like, yeah. I mean, seriously. So go get them. If, if that's really a possibility, if Sean calls you in March and said, Jerry, if you can work out something with the Saints, I'll come and coach you guys this year. Well, you should do it then. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. I do think it's odd that after such a big... Well, so McCarthy like wanted to distance from having anything to do with the offense, right? Uh, I don't know, yes. by anything to do with the offense. It's, it's, I'm exaggerating a little, but, you know, he made it clear that's Kellen's thing. So Kellen's not going to get a head coaching job unless something crazy happens the next two weeks. But Kellen and Dan Quinn will enter this year. Meanwhile, McCarthy is a lame duck walking into this year. Meanwhile, Kellen and Dan Quinn are basically having another year while trying to win, but it's also another audition. They are the fame duck, if you will, uh, the famous ducks who won't be here anymore. Meanwhile, McCarthy is a lame duck. I do think that's crazy. Like, oh, you committed big time and you're respecting the crap. Dude, if you're respecting the crap out of a guy, then 
I mean, I, I guess you can't run from like Sean Payton and, and Jerry Jones flirting with each other. Like you can't run from that. That's been a thing that's been happening for 20 years. You can't run from that. But if I'm McCarthy, my God, I'm going, geez, man, I'm, I'm kind of in a bad situation here. Now, oh, okay, so- Mike. Well, then beat the San Francisco 49ers or maybe just show up and maybe don't be nervous before the no. game. No, you're no, no. You're right. Like, dude, this is way different than all the time. Too. I mean, this is where it gets wild to me. It's like in nineteen. I missed. I missed the part where they just lost this hardcore battle in the NFC Championship game to get to the Super Bowl, and he's being done wrong or something. Like, where? No, no. When did this happen? But I think it's wild to me. Like in nineteen, okay, no one wanted him. The Jets hired Adam Gase over him. He couldn't even get a job with the Browns. And all of a sudden, we're doing everything we can. Like Jerry wants to do everything he can to win. I'm not sure that I completely buy that because you just hired a guy that Steven said to hire. I mean, that's all that happened. And then you gave him a five-year contract. You don't have to do any of that stuff. They've done their due diligence on Sean Payton probably more than anyone can comprehend in terms of probably trying to think of ways to get him in here. Is this the right offseason? And when they know it's not, they got they got their guy, and it was Mike McCarthy, and they never looked back. And I'm telling you, like Sean's probably the only one that they would fire a coach for no reason to bring in, besides like Belichick. Oh, and, and let me really, let me add this in here real quick, so it doesn't come off as like I'm just trashing McCarthy, like he's the worst coach ever. He's not. I mean, everything I just said to you about the guys that are in this this coaching search right now, I don't think there's anybody. I'm just like. Man, if you could just somehow, Jerry, move on from McCarthy to get Nathaniel Hackett or Matt Eberflos, this would just change everything. Like, I'm not saying that. Obviously, I would rather have McCarthy than those guys. I'd rather have McCarthy than Brian Dable. I'd rather have McCarthy than uh, Eric Bieniemy. I'd rather have McCarthy than Kellen Moore be the head coach. I'd rather have uh, Mike McCarthy than Byron Lefwich. I mean, there's. I'd rather have Mike McCarthy than Josh McDaniels. I'd rather have Mike McCarthy than Jim Harbaugh. Like, I'm not sitting here saying that he's worse. I'm just saying that when you mention Sean Payton, the game changes. Yeah, even though they have similar records when it comes to playoff success, but it's very clear what one brings and what one, you know, and there are very big questions about if the other guy brings much at all. It's very well, clear. I'd take, I'd take Jim Harbaugh over McCarthy, though. That's just me. Mm. I would do it. I probably would too, but I'm a little jaded there, so I'm probably not the right yeah, person to ask that question. I, I follow too much of that Michigan football program to think that just one decent year <laughs> is all of a sudden going to make me think that, like, erase those last six or seven. If you told me he was coming off of that, the Raiders gig side, I 100% agree with you, but there's some stuff there yeah. at, at, at the old University of Michigan that makes me think, eh, maybe he isn't <laughs> as great as I thought he was. Do you feel I'm like. I'm just a- saying McCarthy did his thing with Aaron Rodgers and Harbaugh did his thing with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. I. You know, oh, yeah. I, I put more legitimacy into what what Harbaugh did. But, yeah, 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 no, no, I do too. But it just it, that seems like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I don't hate it. I'm I'm just saying, me personally, I think if I had to pick, I'd, I'd go with McCarthy. He's been in the pro game. Uh, plus, you're also factoring in that he has been coaching this team for the last two years. So yeah. I don't know. It's close last though, th- but yeah. Last thing before we get out of here, we'll come back. We'll talk, you know, free agents and roster tier and all that stuff next week. But uh, do you? anticipate John most of the staff returning or could you see some changes? Um, I know Joe Philbin has been in the crosshairs of many Cowboys fans for the offensive lineman's failures over the, you know, last half of, of last season. Uh, you, you anticipate most of the, most of the staff returning? I think most of it does now that, you know, Dan Quinn's coming back and uh, there doesn't appear to be a lot of momentum 
uh, right now with Kellen Moore, even though he is getting a second interview with with the Dolphins. Uh, so if you were bringing back both your coordinators, I think most of your staff says the same. But no, there will be changes, like you mentioned. Uh, I think all but one is. I think that's right. I think Adam Henry, the wide receivers coach, is the only assistant that's not under contract. So maybe there's a change there. But uh, with Joe Philbin, I'll just put it to you like this: I don't know how when you're as epically bad as they were on defense last year, and the answer was to get rid of Jim Tom Sula and Mike Nolan. I don't know how, and that's only a year removed. That's not like, that's what the Cowboys did 10 years ago. That's what they did last year. I don't know how you'd go into 2022 with Joel Philbin, with just how bad the offensive line played. I thought the offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys reminded me a little bit of the way the defense played last year, where you were like, yeah, I didn't expect them to be the best, but good Lord, I didn't think they'd be this bad. I almost think he should get the Paul Alexander treatment. And I know that was an in-season thing. But I almost it's wild think that- how man, that's a good point, Katie. It's wild how how it's been di- how difficult it's been for the Dallas Cowboys for a team that has spent the the elite picks that it has an offensive line to get the right offensive line coach. Because for the last decade, there's been more years where they had the wrong coach than they had the right one. Well, like offensive line coaching is like okay, you have an it's, you're probably only going to be as good as your offensive line is, but there are things that can be done. And we start talking about penalties. A good portion of the Cowboys penalties. Came from offensive line, and you know it, that's such a technical position. Uh, keep your hands inside, things like that. And I just wonder if those guys, some of those guys, need to be told all the time, and someone to stay on them. Keep your hands inside. Keep your hands inside. Keep your hands inside. Keep your hands inside. It felt like things just got real lax, and that's not to mention the musical chairs of the offensive line. Even though we were told that it's not fantasy football, you know, there's a lot of things there, and I just wonder. You know, it's it's it may be an unfair thing to just go. Oh, it's on Joe Philbin. Hey, but the, play, but the players could be better. You know, the Paul right. Alexander thing thing happened in season because it was clear that there was a mutiny brewing due to just hey, we don't like this scheme. This is not what we do. Now, granted, you had Travis in the mix there. You had Zach still there. You had Tyron healthy at a different time in his career. Lyle, like a, a little bit of a different time in everyone's career. I just, I don't know, man. It feels like there's something, and Philbin is a McCarthy guy, even though he weirdly took over from McCarthy when the Packers fired McCarthy on that fateful day in 2018, and which you cannot, you just cannot sell to me that Aaron Rodgers did not get McCarthy fired that day. Cardinals at Packers 2018, go watch it. It's hilarious if you know no. the head coach is getting fired. I'd you got rather a guy not. just throw it, you got a guy throwing the ball into the ground. To get the guy fired, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It's it's well, freaking amazing. I will like one thing to say on the on the offensive line thing is I think it's one of the most underrated co- position coaches that um, that there is in football. And and where where I realized that first was you know I, I grew up watching the Patriots from 2000 to 2013. Tom Brady's first 13 years. Dante Scarnecchia was the was the offensive line coach. Now, granted, he's literally one of the best offensive line coaches in NFL history, but he stepped away for two years and go watch the 2014-15 Patriots offensive line and just look at how different how different it looks. And then they literally had to bring him back, and they brought him right back in 2016 because that's how much of a difference an off a good offensive line coach can really make. Oh yeah, no, you're absolutely right on that. I mean, look at Jason Garrett when when he needed to 
look how look how he went out to California to go get Hudson Houck because that's the same thing with him. Hudson Houck had just this great reputation, longtime offensive line coach. You can say the same thing when they had Bill Callahan um, and Zach Martin. Will tell you that you know the best offensive line coach he's had is that Harry Highstead, who was at Notre Dame when Zach Martin was there. And then he went to he was had been with the Bears recently, and now he's back at Notre Dame. And nobody puts out better offensive linemen than Notre Dame does. So, um, yeah, I just yeah, I, I basically what I'm saying is I agree with you, Saad. It is it's easier said than done. Well, I sure thought we would be talking about some roster stuff, but you know, there's just so much coaching news in the coaching carousel. So I figured uh, we should just do that this week, and that's a good tease, right? We can tease ahead. To next week, sure. hey, we're coming back with like roster stuff. Everyone likes the free agent discussion, and everyone likes the roster tier. You know, they really like that stuff. So, just put a little carrot out there, and we're just going to dangle the <laughs> carrot and see if anyone takes a nibble next week. So, carrots suck. Um, can we? Can I agree. We, can we hang something better than that? Maybe some of that Johnny Walker blue behind you. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> one of many selections. Um, this Anything comes in a really nice with? case. I really like the case that comes in. I know, it's real it's, big, it just really, it's really fancy. It makes you think. Can it, we get John's like review really of the uh, Sean Payton story on Netflix dropping this weekend? Starring oh, Kevin James. I can't. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. You're going to watch that? You're yeah. looking forward to it. Oh. I, I mean, I feel like, what are we on? We got to be close to Podcast 100. If you guys can pick up my sarcasm, I'm sorry. I, I haven't been trying hard. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were like you cared about the team. You know, covering the team. Let's see what happened. What did Kevin, Kevin James, James do? What did he do that really had some like Sean? Maybe there's some Easter eggs in there. I don't know, man. Did Paul he time the retirement for to promote the movie? <laughs> That's the real question. Uh, I feel like John is going to get off the podcast and go watch like a 2007 Week Three oh, yeah. Cowboys game. I just to- I just picture John. Uh, yeah, if he's not on the podcast or or at the Star, he's at home watching the Cowboys or some. Yeah, some ESPN classic game of Florida State or something like that. Yeah, it's not far off. I've She's been watching all- that uh, ESPN Plus thing, that Tom Brady thing. Oh, I can't wait to watch that. Yeah, you know what? It, it really fuels my fire though, too, side because it just it's just crazy how many lucky breaks that dude's had in his career. It's incredible, <laughs> dude. It, it, it wasn't lost on me when you're watching that, and then you watch that game last week, and you're just like, how many ways are the Rams going to continue to give this dude a chance? Like he's on the sideline and there's just mayhem happening on the field. I'm like if you're watching that game while you're also watching those first like three, four episodes of that of that Brady thing, you're just like, has this dude ever like here, I'll just give you one side. When has a kicker ever missed a, a meaningful kick? One when Tom Brady's been the quarterback of the yeah. team. It's dude, amazing. Yeah, you know, Gus Guskowski and Vinatieri for all those years. It's amazing. Yeah. Hey, I'll give you the yep. biggest one right before we get out of here. It, like 2003 Super Bowl. You you the the Panthers just scored to make it 29-29 and John Casey with 108 left kicks the kickoff out of bounds. Like oh, yeah. when like that yeah. never happens. Yeah. And then they and then he kicks the kickoff out of bounds. They need a field <laughs> goal to win it and he starts at the 40-yard line yeah. with like Tuck two or game. three timeouts, 108. It was the craziest thing that, like, I, I remember what, that was like my first year following the Patriots or second year. And I like going back to watch that, and you're just like, NFL kickers never kick the ball out of bounds, let alone yeah. the last kick of the freaking season. And like, I agree with you, but it's just really funny. 
<laughs> it's wild. I mean, like I said, if it didn't fall perfectly with me watching that while I watched that game on Sunday, I, like when I'm watching, I'm just like having deja vu. I'm just like tuck rule, like like the Venetary kick in that blizzard. You're just like, what is going? Does this? And then it, and that's when it dawned on the me, you know, Seattle the Malcolm Butler interception yeah, on the one yard yeah. line, yeah. And and it just oh dawned on me. I was like, especially, and then also I was doing like I recently po- posted my grades for everybody on the 53 man roster, and and the the one that I spent the most time on is I wanted to be fair to Greg Zerline, so I was like, should I really, you know, should I give him an F or a D minus? I was really teetering on this whole thing. And it just dawned on me, I'm there, when is one of Brady's kickers, he's had so many, when have they ever missed a kick where you're just like, damn, dude, you couldn't hook up Brady? They literally make every single one. Every single one. Okay. I cannot think of one okay. time. <laughs> but I'll give you two. Okay, David Tyree and Mario Manningham are the two times where things did not go his way. And the West Welker drop in the second Super Bowl did not go his way. But other than that, I, I'm with you um, that most of the time when do, things do happen, it just seems that like the Matt Ryan sack the in the 2016 Super Bowl. shine on Brady, yeah. Yeah, like the 2016 There's just Super a lot Matt that Ryan. goes on. I don't know, them not going 17-0. <laughs> here's my thing, it, here's it, my, here's that, my that thing about it. Like, <laughs> I understand that like the most important piece is a quarterback, but it just it's hard for me like to watch basketball and you just see the impact that LeBron James, Michael Jordan have on both sides of the court, all plays of the game. And it's like so much crazy stuff has happened when Tom Brady has been on the sideline, like in these games, like incredible amounts of stuff where you're just like, Tom just got it done again. <laughs> okay, if we're let's go with that narrative. That sounds good. That's fine. All right. Wild, there's man. your Tom Brady talk. Let's go with the narrative that both. Hey, how about Belichick and Brady are good? It's not yeah. even. This is this how oh, they're the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is what lunches this is what lunches sound like when John and I meet up because you know we're well, like, I'll, I'll uh, tell you, I'll tell you, I watched that ninety minutes. I you know, talk about me not having a life. I watched that ninety minutes of Sean Payton press conference and uh nobody nobody was trying to get that talk out of him and he just offered up like uh, uh well, his I take on Yeah, no, no, no. I was gonna talk about Belichick and, and uh uh Belichick, Brady and uh and Parcells. And talking about oh, how yeah. like yeah. it's Belichick, like he's sitting there. He's like, you know, people talk about chicken, chicken or the egg with with Parcells and Belichick. He's like, guys, I'm telling you right now, like you can sit there and break down all these rosters, and you go down and, and say who's the greatest quarter or running back, whatever, blah blah blah. Every position you go down, you can, and there'll be a debate for all of them. Quarterback and coach, there's there's no debate. It's Belichick and Brady. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we'll talk Beautiful. rosters next week. We'll talk free agent stuff next week. We'll do the roster tier next week. Check out uh, John's grades for the Cowboys on the Athletic while you're at it. For yeah, and let Saad me know how Yusuf. much you hated them. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, the, the comments are there for a reason. The comments oh, are there, there for a reason. Fire away. Um, for Saad Yusuf, for Father John Mishota, for our producer Ken Garrison, I'm KT. We'll see you next week on About Them Cowboys. I fucked it up.